More penalty kicks, juicy quotes. How about Leaks Cup? Giving us some things to talk about here on the Union Soccer Pod. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You know where you find them. Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get it, you can find it. Union Soccer Pod. Also, part of the Fox Sports the Gambler podcast family, foxpetogambler.com. Go to the podcast tab. You can find us there, us being me, John Jansen. You can follow me at jjansen34 on Twitter. Also, Joe Tanzi unionsecondblog.substack.com subscribe 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 and also follow him at jtanzy90 joe one of your quotes though ended up sparking some interest from the national side of things in the soccer world and uh also well there's a bit of gossip there's a bit of gossip going on what do we call this what what do we is this gossip is this is it jim Curtin spilling the tea and we're just sipping it all up what is uh what is this right now what are we doing? Before, before we start this, I just want to give a um, <laughs> I want to give a standing ovation to you. Um, oh no, we are starting inside, with me. Yeah, an inside baseball thing. Um, we started recording this, and then the uh, the yard work happened right outside. Oh your my place. god! Well, the thing so, is, I wouldn't. We just got uh, not a complaint, but a constructive criticism on our audio, which was your fault. Right. All right. Not right. my fault. If you want to go real inside baseball. And then, of course, as we're like, yeah, let's make sure, you know what? If they're going to listen, let's make sure the audio is good. Have it sound good. And then like two minutes into our first recording, all you hear is. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God. Of course. So if you hear faintly in the background, which I don't hear it anymore, then I apologize. But we should be. Um, yeah, let's get to it because it, some context, it's 11 o'clock. It's, uh, what Wednesday morning. I just had a great breakfast. Coffee was good. I made eggs and sausage and I'm ready to talk about Jim Curtin. Well, I just, not liking the Red Bull. Well, I just put pop tarts in the air fryer. So, Oh, <laughs> in the air fryer. Oh, what? yeah. It just basically, basically the same as toasting. You, I, I told you, I remember uh, this was a big thing. I told you my mom's habit, right. For making pop tarts. She'll put it in the toaster and then butter them. Uh, which is a uh, oh yeah I remember that, that serial was, killer was thing to do yeah very... yeah okay um, so air yeah, frying pop tarts okay nice let uh, cherry by the way oh yes. yes oh yes. so good making good yes. decisions while, while we're on tangent brown sugar cinnamon cherry and then uh, tie for third between chocolate fudge and, and chocolate chip but that's non debatable uh, we're just not uh, s'mores no I'm not a s'mores guy oh that's criminal dude that's criminal. Oh, I'm gonna have beef with you, like the union have beef with the. Red um, speaking of that, because I I find this incredibly ironic that we're recording the podcast and um, Jim Curtin just texted me for, with a clarification. So I want to make sure that Jim's clarification is is very uh, loud and clear, uh, <laughs> because this 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 could not be better timing. Um, he wanted to clarify when he, Did he said, just text you now, like literally just texted me now. And, and this clarification. <laughs> well, that is amazing timing. Hey, text him like, Hey Jim, you want to come on the pod and you can just say it yourself. Come on. It's great. You're it's, around it, apparently. It's incredible timing. So I want to make sure, you know, this clarification really gets out there. Uh, Jim said, for those that are confused when he said 11 games, meaning they've beaten Red Bull, haven't beaten them in 11 games, uh, not just at home, it is our last 11 versus them home and away. They're 8-0-3. So Jim wanted to make sure 
Um, that, was, that was very loud and clear. So I wanted to start the podcast off with that because Jim has incredible That is very timing. loud and clear. You can't beat us ever, home, away, anywhere. You can't. So you know, you know how like the that's fans one say, heck of a clarification, by the way. That's amazing. <laughs> it was phenomenal. The only part I like saw was he said like, "Thanks for getting the quote out there," which means he's really pissed about the Red Bulls, and um, yeah, and I'm sure and I'm sure he's okay with me with me sharing this because um, I'm going to respond and say we're recording the podcast now. I will make sure you get that clarification <laughs> in there, sir. You will but, be quoted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, you know how everybody's jokes, you know, the, the we all hate the Red Bulls. Well, Jim Curtin actually hates the Red Bulls. Does not like them. Like, yeah. oh, my God, man. Like, I have not seen Jim that visibly upset with something, oh, I think, ever. Like, there's been times in press conferences where he, he's upset with a question or two, and he kind of pushes well, back sure, on Sure, because that. he gets the same questions right. over and over again. Right, but there were instances where he he has been pushed on things, and this was more uh, back when they weren't having so much so much success, um, where he was a little like standoffish, but a little feisty. And obviously, with the winning, he's come grown into his own as a coach. Um, the manner of the, the questions are obviously different, but this was uh, unprompted. It was like part of his opening statement. He first, as he always does, uh, thank the fans and, and for the role they played, especially uh, last night in the penalties. But, I mean, he just went off. And I'm I'm looking around in the room like, we got an extra feisty and spicy Jim Curtin tonight. And he was obviously very upset. And I, I don't think this is just a, a one-time offense that um, – he's mad at the Red Bulls for this obviously is something that has built up over time. And uh, he made sure to not include or not blame the Red Bulls interim coach for this This is how he started the statement. And then I'm prompted, like he's in the middle of answering a question about the, the first goal, the, the concession. And at the end of it says, well, basically they're, they're the Red Bulls are little brother and they should learn how to be humble. Um, incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I, you know, forget what just happened in the game and, and everything will get into that, but Jim, was Jim nothing Curtin, that exciting. <laughs> that, I, mean, I mean, it was, it was a good game. Second half at least was fun, obviously for the, right. we'll get, and we'll get into that. And this is more inside things. Like I just texted John. He doesn't usually respond to text messages immediately. So it's like, okay, we'll say, I kind of had a feeling once I saw that quote, we were going to do something today. Right. So <laughs> this is, not an emergency podcast, just a, hey, our schedules line up and we're going to give Jim you Curtin some said something. Yeah. Now, now what, what do you think? I mean, was there anything specifically in this game that you saw? Because nothing really stood out to me, obviously. Um, it didn't, I didn't know if, if there you were able to see, you know, obviously you have the kind of the bird's eye view of the field. So you could see all the happenings, you know, extracurriculars outside of what we're seeing just on the TV on the game. I mean, was there anything in particular that kind of stood out other than the usual, like there's, there's bantering back and forth, but uh, this is something that really bothered Jim. So something was either said or something done. Uh, probably not now, maybe in previous games, there was something, you know, really extreme that happened that maybe pushed him over the edge. Uh, but was there anything you saw in this game in particular? So I think not out of the ordinary. Um, there, there were some instances. I mean, where... cause we've seen some like brawls happen in Subaru park during some of these. Yeah. I, I think, look, I... this was not like a CONCACAF champions league type of, uh, 
type. No, of there was there was a stretch. I think about five or ten minutes in, in the middle of the second half where things looked like they were going to get out of get out of control. Um, there were a few plays where there was a a fifty fifty ball all the way down at the the end line with Carranza <laughs> with Carranza. Um, in, I forget which defender he was with. He was down at the end line. And he ends up no call. There's like, I think there was another foul that could have gone in the union's favor. And then ball goes to the other end and Kai Wagner gets called rightfully for a foul. So that kind of spices things up. And then there was that collision right by the, the benches where um, Frankie Amaya banged into Bueno, Bueno banged into another player. It's just, you know, it ended up happening yeah. to be like, a collision that you really can't prevent and or like yeah but again nothing out of the order like usually right. at that time of the game and you have those like tight plays yeah things get chippy so right so i i think that's the in to me those were the moments that stood out maybe it's i think from at least curtain's perspective this is a build-up this isn't just the thing that yep. it, it happened last night and he's going all in that's not usually the way he is and, and the way he's mentioning the result and making sure that these results are out there. Um, he's, he's still fired up today, um, which I, yeah, I, we could tell, right. Which suggests to me, it is a, it is a, it's kind of been a slow build. Well, yeah, he wants something to be made aware. Uh, he's sending I mean, a message. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to look too far into it, but is this message being sent to just, you know, out so everybody can hear it. So certain people can hear it. What's this, um, is there, you know, maybe uh, I hope this message re- reaches a certain group or people. Um, I think it. He, he's saying it out loud to the Red Bulls. Just make it away. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know if he's sending it to anybody else because I, I, I can't even mention him. Even so I imagine if he wanted the league something. to be involved, he would he would he would just talk to the league. And right, in whatever just, manner yeah. that they can. Yeah, I think he was just kind of airing the grievances with the Red Bulls that have built up over nice. time, yeah. and and this kind of just came to it. And look, I I could see some of it. Um, uh, you heard the the River End loud and clear yelling um, "F John Tolkien," because um, Tolkien was Tolkien was getting into it with the AR a little bit. Um, so I I saw like looking back on it, maybe that's something, but like again, it's probably built up over time, but Jim notices it more. And then I asked Andre Blake about it. So to, again, the other inside thing is press conference ends. We usually go right to the, the locker room or the mix in this case. And I got to get the quote out right away. Cause like, it, this is the money quote, you know, you can worry about yeah. what the players say the next day. So I get back into the mix zone after tweeting out the quote and Andre Blake's there. And so I pull him aside. I'm like, Andre, like, did you guys notice this? Like, is, is this, directly coming from Jim or is it, is it something from you as well? And Andre was a little more, um, I want to say passive maybe in, in describing it, but you could tell, um, let me pull there was something, but he didn't feel like probably because he's on the field and he's focused on that. Um, yeah, here's, here's a quote from Andre. Um, I'm not sure what really happened, but at some point I realized there was some back and forth in the benches Obviously, when you're on the pitch, you have to stay focused. Uh, Red Bull is always going to be Red Bull, and it's our job to really show them that we are never scared of them. But we also have to stay focused because it, it can be a mind game with them trying all this BS to throw you off your game. 
the onus is on us to show them that we ain't scared, but as well as find a way to stay focused. So there is something there. Even he's there's aware. something there. Yeah, there's something. Yeah. And that's that's about the extent that Andre will go um to say something. So it's you know, we only had three players available last night, and it was Bueno, Harry, and Blake, and and Blake's as the kind of the the leader right now with, with Bedoya down. Um Maybe Wagner might have said something. Um, Bedoya definitely would have had something to say if if Jim had something to say, but he's watching from a, a suite. So um, I think that kind of says it right there with with Dre. That obviously there's something that the the union have noticed, and with the way that the reaction is, it, it's got to be built up over time. It has to be. Yeah, it feels that way. Uh, but what what comes out of this? Uh, I mean, the union have done as you know. Jim made very clear the Union in the last 11 have done pretty well against the Red Bulls. I mean, there's already this rivalry as well. Uh, I, I feel like with both New York teams, uh, there's this big rivalry. But, I mean, what comes out of this other than just Juicy Leagues Cup stuff? I, I don't know. Like, look, they play again Labor Day weekend at Subaru Park. Yeah, they, um, they it's required that they at least play like once a month. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's required that if uh, if they go two or three years without playing each other in a couple, yeah, that's, they that's have just, to. yeah, way too um, long. They have to yeah. play in every competition too, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, you would exp- I would, look if you're a professional athlete, you you have to make some type of response to that if you're the Red Bulls. Maybe there's a I don't know how you do it if you're the Red Bulls. Do you make the the statement tackle? Do you, you maybe go in on a? I mean, they're definitely going to be asked about it for sure oh absolutely yeah. it's going to dominate the the headlines for that match but i don't know when they're the next press conference when media is going to have availability to the red bull but i imagine there is going to be a question and some type of response to it and it might not be it might be a nothing response like i'm not saying we right. get anything out of that but it's eventually going to be yes yeah i think the red bulls have their own um issues yeah yeah issues set of questions i mean they're on another interim coach um who, who knows what their direction is and look at part of if you look at the, the grand picture of things this was kind of what i was thinking um i guess after the game is when i really went through it more than anything um so for this end the interim head coach from the red bulls um to jim praised the start of his um uh press conference before he went in went all in on the red bulls um He seems yeah. It's like, like Jim, it seems like he's got. It's, a, it's like, like Jim wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like Jim wanted to. Like it's the Red Bull team, and obviously, like seems to have some respect. It's like yeah. It's like tried his need... best to clear up. Like this was right. way before he was around, and you know, interim coach. Like this was not his thing. It's not him. It's you know, this is pent up from. It, it's years. not an Atlanta thing with Heinze, where yeah. he was. He went all in on the manager specifically. Um, I'm trying to find the right words to kind of like describe it. Um, it really does kind of feel like little brother when, when you look at the results. Um, but also I, I want to compare this to DC as well. Cause Wayne Rooney had similar remarks on Thursday night. It, it's, and the roles were reversed because the union were in this, this spot for forever where they fought like hell could get a result and then couldn't get over the hump. Right. So I, I, I've seen both sides of it 
specifically with the union. DC had an excellent game plan to go back to that game real quick. Um, they clogged the midfield, forced the union to play out wide and did the, pretty much the exact same thing they did back here in the spring uh, with worse players. Cause Lewis O'Brien went back, um, his loan ended um, and they, a few players injured and um, found to suspended. They, they played an excellent game. DC did. But the, the talk from Wayne Rooney afterwards was we won. It's positive for the rest of the season, but it wasn't like an overwhelming sense of d- disappointment. It's like they know they played well. Okay, they lost. You know, there's bigger fish to fry in the league. I kind of got the same vibe from the Red Bulls last night too, is there's positives to take away. Okay, we lost one of the best teams in the league on, on penalties in their place. There's a lot to build on. Um, and in both of their cases, they see the union right away. You know, there's a road game at DC on the 26th and then Labor Day weekend Red Bulls, uh, I believe it's a Sunday night, uh, are back at Subaru park. And those might be the union's first two league games coming out. I know I tweeted this earlier, but, uh, and I did it because I was prompted because Charlotte, um, I guess is scheduled to play Miami on the 20th and MLS play. And, if you reach the semifinals, you're playing on August 19th, whether it's in a final or a third place game, because there's three CCL spots up. So if uh, spread the word, tell your friends, if the union beat Coretro uh, on Friday, the FC Dallas game is getting moved. I would assume it's the second week of September uh, during the international window, because both teams have off. Uh, that's probably the best date to do it. Uh, that's not official, but it's kind of an assumption based off doing the baseball thing of like aligning the schedules. Um, but we we could see DC and Red Bull right out of the gate in league play. We will anyway, but it could be the first two games. And it's going to be fascinating to see from a, a a broader perspective within the league how those two matches go. And they're going to be different because one's on the road, one's at home. Um, but the union still found a way to win in, in PKs. You know, you, you, if this is league play, that's four drop points. The perspective is completely different. So it really is kind of a, a fascinating dynamic and something to to look forward to because uh, I think DC has played the Union the best of any opponent in Subaru Park this year, and I don't think anybody will disagree with that. And and the Red Bulls are Red Bulls, and there's extra spice to that rivalry now. And um, man, who knows what the hell's going to happen? Yeah, and point. you know, I because Jim Curtin wasn't making you know accusatory remarks in this way but this is also a team that had a player that was suspended for racist language and um the the supporters kind of walking out on the red bulls um uh, to show you know to protest over that i mean this is a team that yeah has their has their issues and again not to say it's accusatory in that way that's not what jim's saying no it's not this is a team that's that's certainly like towed the line and obviously crossed it it's one player but one player's crossed it and it seems like uh, not in the same way, but like there's there's lines being crossed. Uh, it seems like by the Red Bulls, right? That, look, that's a whole separate situation, and how they exactly. handled it, how they handled it was bad. And 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 Gerhard Struber, the guy, the manager who got fired this season, uh, could have handled that differently. But that's a that's a separate issue. But when you look at you know the Red Bulls, I think Jim's talking about just like complaining, and he's sick of them basically not walking the walk in terms of performance. And he made it very clear that his team is walking the walk and uh, still obviously to the, to this day after still fired up about it. So um, 
Hey, it gives us something to talk about other than the union are playing Quartua again. Um, and then some guy named Lionel Messi is uh, who on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who that guy is. Which would be two, which would be Tuesday, by the way. I know there's been a lot of uh, scheduling questions and all that. Um, Leagues Cup has listed the semifinals as the 15th. And uh, they, what they did is they took everybody who played even last night. All the quarterfinals are Friday. So they're giving everybody three, three days off um, out of fairness in, in scheduling. It's not incredibly fair to the, the West Coast teams. I think Monterey won in Houston last night and then has to travel to L.A. and they're playing at the Rose Bowl against LAFC. Not exactly ideal travel. Um, the League's Cup still has an immense amount of flaws. Um, but that's yeah, you it's think? Kind of just, yeah, it's kind of where we're at. Um, but, yeah, that's, so, that's, so yeah, that's like, where we're at scheduling-wise. It would be Friday, Tuesday, Saturday, quick turnaround. But if the weather doesn't happen, um, it's three full days off. Yeah, let's get into uh, the game itself between Union and Red Bull. Union come away with PKs again. Uh, this time, a little less dramatic, I would say, because uh, the Union got the, you know, Blake saved the first one, right. first PK. So they were kind of had the advantage. Even though, if that first one went in, I mean, they didn't have Gazdog because of, uh, it seems like he left him with an injury, and we'll talk with you about that as well. Uh, so they didn't have their best PK guy, and it's like, man, if there's ever a situation where it seems a little tight, like, man, this may be it, but... You know, I think that to get that first save on that PK was good. But uh, what did you see in the second half that turned out different? Let's get to the good because second half, they were peppering the net. Uh, seemed like they had plenty of opportunities. You said they, they came out with a bunch of fire. Something was set at the half. Uh, so what did you see in the second half that sort of turned the tides in that matchup? So I, I think you can't mention the second half without mentioning how bad the first half was. I think it all kind of so bad yes. leads to each other. Horrific. So, uh, look, I was wrong. I, I sat in the press box and I, I saw the lineup and I'm like, okay, Jim is attempting to do something different. Uh, it obviously did not work. Nothing nothing worked in that first 20 minutes. But it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't type thing. Because if you stick with your same formations that Red Bull has seen, you're going to bludgeon each other to death. It's going to be 0-0. Zero, zero. You're going to go to penalties anyway. You change the formation, it doesn't work, you get roasted for it, and um, you end up against a better opponent losing that game because of 20 minutes. Um, the good news is Van Zier missed that wide-open chance, I guess 15 minutes in, where Elliot, for some reason, just tried to step up and make the interception, and nobody was there behind him. The spacing between him and Lowe and, and him and Glessness was incredibly off in that back three last night. Um, so Red Bulls attacked it the way they should. The Red, Red Bulls came out with inc- incredibly more, uh, it's not really a sentence, but more intensity. And the first goal, it's kind of bad luck, also kind of just bad soccer, because they're in position to make a transition move. Leon Flock is playing a ball to Julian Carranza. And Carranza takes – he just has an awful first touch and goes right to a Red Bulls player. And boom, Red Bulls are off of transition. Nathan Harrells is past the center circle. Jacob Lesnis is all the way up on the right wing. Uh, it's hard for both of them to make recovery runs that quick. I counted it when I did the breakdown. Subscribe to the Substack. Um, eight seconds between the, the ball touching the feet of the first Red Bull player 
and Elias Manuel scoring in the back of the net. Like the union were helpless, just absolutely helpless. Um, and uh, that's, that's how it ends up. Um, I didn't think Elliot played well. I, I would have taken him off in the 30th. If you're going to make that tactical change, if you're curtain, you go four, four, two, which they did. Uh, Glesnes played as a right back. Harriel played further forward on the, on the right. Harriel was in there by the way, for his aerial prowess against Tolkien. And it ended up paying off for curtain. Um, also, it's he's a less riskier defender than Baizo. Um, so I think you might see Baizo against Cora Tarot, Harriel in the semifinal. I think that's how it's going to work. Um, we'll get to the, those when we get there. But that, I think that's how he's going to rotate. I know rotation is like the big thing when we have these these three-game stretches. And it's the third game that Curtin always points out. That's the brutal one. Um so he, he made the fix, but he didn't make the fix until the second significant chance. That's when Glesson started to push out wide to the right, act as a right back. They moved Harriel up. Um, Flock and, and Wagner got going a little bit on the left. Uh, there was a moment in the first half where McGlynn sprays that ball across the field to Wagner. And it's like, oh, they look like themselves. There was an, a nice little passing sequence um, in those final 15 of the first half as well. And then in the second half, I mean, let's just be honest. They came out, you know, looking like somebody lit a, a massive fire under their butts in the locker room. And I don't know if that was specifically Curtin. Might have been Wagner. Might have been Blake. Um, there's a lot of guys in that locker room that notice they're not playing well and are given the freedom to step up or, sorry, speak up in the locker room. It's a, it's very much a player's locker room. So I don't know if that message was specifically handed down by Curtin, but it was definitely handed down by the players in some capacity. Uh, they look a lot more like themselves. Uh, unfortunately, the Gosdeg injury throws things for a loop there, but they do get the set piece. Harriel scores. It's 1-1. They should have finished it off in regulation. Um, Ua came on and looked a lot more positive. He was making those runs off the left side 1v1. He was looking for the cutback, and if, I think if Gosdag is in there, the timing is better. Um, I think Bueno overran one. I think Carranza overran one and had a bad first touch. So they were picking them apart through the left and those 1v1 moves and trying to play the ball across the middle into the space. Uh, and like I said, Bueno, he's not a number 10. Uh, he's trying his best there. And look, he was hustling his tail off to get into those spaces. Um, and, and Carranza's in his, his normal pockets, but it just wasn't uh, wasn't working. They had to go to PKs. But that's something... Um, that they tried to do, they got better at. Um, the Gazdeg update, it, the initials, basically to see if anything was broken um, or torn. Curtin said nothing there, but he has to get an MRI, I assume, today. Uh, and hopefully we know more. There's a pre-match press conference tomorrow. Um, so maybe then we get an update depends on all on the timing of, of when the MRI was and, and all that jazz, but that's, that's the update on him. No significant news yet. Probably won't play against Cora Toro. Um, that way he's fresh for Miami. If he, if he's there, because yeah, that's obviously the bigger deal. Yeah. Um, but that is the bigger deal. Yeah. What, what changes do you think are made against Quetero then? Oh man, that's, 
Let's get the PKs first, and then we'll, then we'll do the changes. Let's get the PKs yeah. first. <laughs> I you don't want to win forget PKs this again. Yeah. Um, I think this, this time without Gazdog, which is good. Uh, so I made the joke in the press box that maybe the Union are better off got with Gazdag not in the PK shootout because he's missed. Um, he missed the LAFC one and missed against DC. Um, obviously, you still want him out there, but it, of course you do. Kind of ironic that he best. was not out there, and you know McGloom was the only one who missed. Um, first and foremost, Jesus Bueno, the cojones to a want the fifth one against DC and then want it again against Red Bull. I mean, what an incredible, incredible season he's having. No one expected this. Um, and I know we're going to say this probably five more times throughout the year, but he's been that good. He's been that incredible. And literally no one saw this coming. So uh, full credit to him on that. Um, I think the Red Bulls made the wrong decision. I really do. Looking back on it, Lewis Morgan, who's been out for a while with an injury, um, gets subbed on late in the second half, specifically for PKs. Um, he's one of the best PK takers in MLS. I get that, but he's coming in cold. I think the broadcast mentioned it. Um, I asked Andre Blake about it. He wasn't sure that um, he would be the first one. Uh, Morgan would be the first PK taker. Um, but again, um, let me pull this up again because Blake had another money quote about the save. So um, that's at the tone. You know, Red Bulls, they're taking a little bit of a risk there with Morgan. Um, the quote after the game is, you know, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't put him in that position if he um, wasn't comfortable, but still it looked awkward. He was limping up to the spot. Um, and this is what Blake said. I don't know. He, he I didn't know he was going to take the first PK. I know he is probably their best PK taker. When he was coming in for the shootout, I kept saying, what better one to save than his? I'm just very happy that I was able to save his penalty and saving the best kicker in penalties sends a strong message to my team with confidence and to their team with failure. Um, so Andre was delivering a little bit of fire last night as well. Yeah, I love that. I love it. It seems like the union are full of quotes. They were feeling themselves after it. I guess when you beat a rival, you feel that way. Yeah. Certainly feel uh, themselves a little bit. Yeah, exactly. A little bit. Um, so, yeah, that's what went down. Um, nothing. I don't have any problem with the um, penalty order. Um, Bueno's confidence getting incredible. And, B- and Baizo deserves credit for the, the DC game. I know we haven't podcasted since yeah. then. But for him to take up and take that sixth one, and we were all stunned. I know, let's be honest. We were all stunned that he was – the guy, nobody, nobody thought Jesus Bueno and Olivier Baizo uh, would be the, the fifth and sixth PK takers to win a shootout. Uh, that's for sure. It but worked. yeah, especially Bueno, man, Bueno, Bueno, he's, got, bueno. he's playing with a ton of confidence. He's yeah, mad. I love it. And to now transition into Friday, he's going to be massive. He, there's no ifs ands or buts about it. He has to be huge on Friday. Why is that? Because Jim Curtin, I don't think trust Joaquin Torres enough to put him out there for 45 minutes. That Well, he hasn't earned that confidence. Right. So then what's the workaround here? Because let, let's go off of what we – let's go off of what we know, okay, with, um, with Jim Curtin and his tendencies, right? Because – he says if the three games in, in seven or eight days stretch, the third game is always the toughest. Well, if everything is pointing in the direction of Miami, that third game is going to be incredibly tough. Now, the good news is that three-game stretch 
is all union home games and Miami has to do more travel. They played in the heat in Dallas on Sunday. Now that's two days of rest advantage. They have to play in the heat again against Charlotte on Friday and then have to travel up here a quick turnaround Tuesday. So Miami's facing a similar turnaround. And it's Messi's first big turnaround in, in, in that regard with travel. So who knows? It, I don't know if it affects Messi, but that's just the way it, it works out. So if, if this is the case and this is kind of going to turn into a Miami preview in a sense, because it, it reflects on what would happen Friday with the lineup. What FC Dallas did to Miami was incredible. And the qualities that they showed in that game are exactly what the union do best. Velasco had a phenomenal game. He was a, a pest to Busquets the entire game. And in transition, now obviously they have different players, FC Dallas and the union, but the transition moments, the union can hit fast as well. And then they have different qualities. You know, is McGlynn in there to, to spring those balls? And then it's Uwe Karanz and Gazdek on the run. Uh, and Gazdek is the guy who could, who would pest uh, Busquets, maybe Bueno, if Gazdek can't go. So now you're looking big picture. Now you can't overestimate Corretero. Uh, incredible story from all the reports that have come out that they, they almost didn't show up in, in Chester for their first group game because of, of not getting paid. Um, end up beating Pumas, who everybody thought was going to win that game. End up beating the Rebs, who are going through their own little situation right now. Um, and now they're here, a rematch with the Union, and they're going to be they're going to be up for it, no doubt. So, I think the, the what I would do is the the Harry Obaza switch is is easy. You don't play Gazdag even if it's healthy. I mean, you have to rest him because he has to empty the tank on if he's 85%, 90%, whatever it is, he has to enter the tank on, on Tuesday. So that leaves the, the midfield question, right? Is And I, I also would change the center backs. I would, I would rest one of the center backs. And I don't – somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've seen Glesnes and Lowe together. I think it's either been Elliot and Lowe and Elliot and Glesnes. Even if you haven't seen it, I mean, with the way Lowe's playing, it's not – Right. It's not like that's something that'd be like, oh, man, this would be sort of a risk. It's like, obviously, you know, right, maybe right. some some things that need to be smoothed out, but those two are talented and playing well enough. That right. So I, th- I think that's the the move you do there is you end up going back to the diamond for, for one game. Um, you bring Baizo in on the right. You know, whatever your choice of center backs is, that's the second change. The third change is, is Ua for whoever it may be. And your fourth change is, is Bueno for Flock. And that's about as far as Jim usually goes in terms of changes. So the way that works out is you do Martinez, Bueno, McGlynn, Ua Carranza. But who's your guy in the middle if you're going to go diamond? If not, you, you go 3-5-2 and, and you take out a playmaker and you make Martinez and Bueno the shuttlers. I'm, I'm just... I'm kind of thinking ahead to Tuesday more than I am thinking about the match on Friday. I, and that's probably not the approach Jim Curtin's going to have. He's going to want to get the, the result done and dusted and then set up that matchup and, and maybe use the, they'll take, probably take the weekend off, come in, in training on Monday, uh, whatever it may be, or, or do, or do film on, on the weekend. Um, 
because if if you do three five two, that's Wagner, Bizo, your three center backs, and it gives you Martinez, Bueno, McGlynn with Carranza, Ua, and then you could just kind of hope that you end up um, end up probably by the sixtieth minute leading early, and then make your rotation. Um, I think if Gazdag is is a hundred percent and ready to go, you go to the diamond and you rest some guys uh, in that capacity. But if Joaquin Torres had the trust of of Curtin and his his defending skills um, were trustworthy, he put him out there. He still might. I don't know if if Jim would. Um, the other wild card, which won't happen, is putting Jeremy Raffanello maybe in that spot. Um, and seeing what he can do for 45. But again, do you take that risk in a quarterfinal game? Probably not. If it's a league game, maybe you give him a shot. But I think that's I think it's kind of where they stand. I would love to see the diamond, but I just don't think it's going to happen because it, in terms of functionality and getting your best 11 on the field, that the 3-5-2 is going to have to work if you don't have Gossett. Yeah, if you don't have Gazdag, uh, there's going to have to be. Because every time Gazdag's been out, you know, that's just the one guy that they just don't have a replacement for, really. And so you right. got to really change things up. Um, speaking of replacements, you know, I know we've talked a lot about Ua and maybe a bit of a disappointing season. I just want to talk about him real quick because it seemed like last night um, was a very good game for him. What did you see that went right? And um, what are your thoughts on Ua now as, you know, quarterfinal and stuff at the League's Cup? And obviously we're getting closer towards, right. you know, the, the latter portion of the season. I think Michael Ua finishing the penalty and just seeing a ball go in the back of the net. Huge. Even though it doesn't count in the score sheet, I think just him finishing a penalty and getting confidence from that is massive. Just from that He's, game in general, like getting close, right. you know, making making those runs, and then obviously, yeah, seeing it. In the yeah, but it's, it's it's like a total when, effort there. Uh, it's, it, right, it's different it's when you different score. When, it's different yeah. when you're a striker and you're judged on goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I get like, that. I get he's that. been making those runs and those movements and and beating guys one v one with his speed, um, plenty of times. But you're a striker; you have to score goals. And, and Jim Curtin even mentioned after the game last night, you know, he's a hot and cold striker. Uh, he needs to be more consistent. I think most importantly, just seeing a ball go in the back of the net, whether it's a goal or a penalty um, is a confidence boost for him right now. Uh, I don't feel like he's pressured by Ty Barbo coming in yet. I asked him straight up about that last week and um, he actually went the other way with it and said that um, it's nice to have bodies, (laughs) Um, which he's not wrong. So, yeah, it's it's fascinating because he's got to score more. Like, no matter wh- which way yeah. you you say, like, oh, the runs are good. The, yeah, the I I, I say that a lot. And I love I love the way you can stretch the field, and I think it's right. a, a vital part to the union's game. But yes, uh, at some point, even I can't be continuing to to say that. And eventually, goals just have to go in the net. They really right. And, and if if Gazdag is going to be down, it it's got to it's got to be better. No doubt about it. Yeah. All right. So uh, anything else? I mean, basically we're on, what are we calling this? We're on the road to Messi. Is that it? Yeah, I guess. I think. <laughs> Is that what we're looking forward to now with League's Cup? Is it just like, hey, when can we play Messi? I mean, that's the way it's been and, for I mean, two weeks. I mean, look, Fair enough. Yeah. And, and let me just 
ask it this way. I mean, Miami, look, things kind of got close between them and FC Dallas and Dallas. Uh, they really ruined that they game. Did. Choked. Yeah, choked. So, I mean, how beatable is Miami with the way that, you know, Messi is playing and scoring all of these goals? And what does that look like in a game against the Union? I guess is because that's that's what I think about. It's like Miami can score goals at will and probably because of Messi going to score a few times against the Union. Are, is the Union attack consistent enough to, to keep up with that? So the way I put it earlier with the, the that those moves in the counter and the shadowing of Busquets are, are are a few ways you can do it. So if you've been following Jim Curtin's press conferences for a long time, you know that he likes to say, now this is, I'm not putting any of these players in the same class as Lionel Messi, but this is what he'll say. When it comes, he said about Darnton Nagby, he said about Hector Herrera, he said about Hani Mukhtar, Godzilla Rayon, like you name the big time midfielder. The goal is for them to play sideways, to not play the ball forward, make an impact on the game. So he's going to say something of that variety. If we get to that point in a, in a press conference on Monday for, for a Tuesday match. Um, what I noticed with FC Dallas is, and I, and I was talking behind the scenes with, with some of the guys last night um, is what Dallas does and did counterattacking wise will split Miami open and the union are, are good at that. They, they love those four V three, five V four transition moves. Um, and they have a person, someone in Gazdag who can press Busquets into mistakes and, and run him down and try and take him out of the game. And the other aspect of it is FC Dallas just got really tired in those final 30 minutes. And that led to those fouls. That, that's, that's lazy play. That's tired play. Um, the union tend not to get lazy and tired later in games. They tend to get better. Um, their fitness level is usually pretty high. So it, you guard against that. If you take away the free kicks, if you take away Busquets, there's a way to win for sure. And the union will be Miami's toughest opponent to date. Um, but what I will say is, Look at the, the big picture of this competition. Three teams get into CONCACAF Champions League. At the bare minimum, if you're the union, you have two shots to get into Champions League and not have to worry about for the worry about that for the rest of the season. That's done and dusted. You're playing continental soccer next season. Um, and for a team like Charlotte, for a team like Miami, um, that means a lot more because they're not in that position. So that that's the, I guess the silver lining. If we fast forward to in our time machines to Tuesday night and they lose to Miami is, well, they'll still have a home game for third place. Um, the other aspect is if they beat Miami, you want LAFC to be eliminated because you want a final at home. Um, that's kind of where you stand with the bracket right now. Everyone in, in the union fan base should be a Monterey fan. Uh, that's the best chance of LAFC losing um, club America being eliminated by Nashville in that. Uh, did you see that debacle last night, John? Which one? The Nashville. No, I did not. So club America won the penalty shootout. And then after like a, a delay, they went to VAR 
ruled the goalkeeper was off his line. Lovely. And then Nashville wins in, in PKs. It was one of the most bizarre uh, finishes to a game uh, I, I can remember. So um, the other side of that bracket's Nashville, Minnesota, LAFC, and Monterey. Um, now, look, Nashville, could they beat Monterey? Yeah, they could. Um, or could they beat LAFC? Yeah, they could. But you'd rather LAFC be taken out of the, the equation right now. Um, and Monterey is, is more than capable of doing that. I think they're, you can make a case for the best team left in the competition. And then LAFC and the Union are, are within that as well. And then, then, then Not Miami? <laughs> Miami. <laughs> Miami be fourth, fifth on that list. Um, as overall, like individual players, obviously Messi's the best player in, in, in oh, for sure. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of just how this, this plays out. It's playing out kind of how we expected. Um, with the exception of Corretero being the quarterfinal opponent, I think we all expected that to be Pumas, the revs, but you gladly take that if the, if you're the union, um, even though Corretero has played better, you take that with a grain of salt a little bit. Um, and then, you can beat Nashville. You can beat Minnesota. Both those that game would be at home. Monterey would be a gigantic task, but you welcome the challenge because it would be at home. Um, the The only way you leave Subaru Park is if LAFC is on the other side, and in some ways you want that, in some ways you don't, right? Because you want your home game, you want your home field advantage in a final, uh, but on the other end you want to you see it as unfinished business, right? From, from champions league and from MLS cup. It's a weird dynamic because you want that, but you also want that final at home. And which, which one do you care about more revenge or attempting at least to lift a trophy at home? I would lean toward the latter. All right, Joe, anything else as we kind of wrap things up here for the union soccer pod? No, I think we've, I, I, we, we covered it all. Look at us. Very professional. Let me, let me, let me check my phone to see if there's any more clarifications coming yeah, right? in. <laughs> Beautiful. I, I, that's look, I love, I love Jim. He's been fantastic to us. Uh, he, you know, he, when he needs to, to show the spicy side, he does. And oh my goodness. Uh, he is spicy. I love that when he does it on occasion, it's not good when, when you're like that, oh, you're doing it all the time. All the time. Yeah. Right. But I like that it's a rival. It spices things up a little bit. Um, and look, if there's truth behind it, it, you know, and they feel justified to criticize, by all means, go ahead. I'm just the, the messenger here. But yeah, uh, 8 0 and 3 in the last 11. I have to make sure I get that stat right. From uh, <laughs> All right. That is it for the Union Soccer Podcast. Again, check us out wherever you find your podcasts. Also, foxphogambler.com on the podcast tab. You can find it. UnionSoccerBlog.substack.com. Read all of Joe's work there. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Also, follow Joe at jtanzy 90 And you can follow me, John Jansen, at jjansen34. That is it. And the plane, you got it. <laughs> I got there eventually, uh, like that one guy trying to say messy magic and then cursing on air. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't want to do that. All right, that is it for the Union Soccer Pod. We'll be back next time with more right here on the Union Soccer Blog.